Welcome to Lemmy Works, brought to you by Leadership Education Mentoring Institute. We are inspiring parents, mentors, and communities as they embark on the journey of transformational project-based education. Hi, this is Tatiana Fallon. Hi, this is Heidi Christensen. We're so excited to be your hosts. Welcome, everyone. On this episode of the podcast, we have the opportunity to speak with my brother, Brady Milne. Uh, he is a Lemmy graduate, and we brought him on here to talk a little bit about his educational experience and what he's doing with his life now. So, Brady, would you take a little bit and introduce yourself? Oh, uh, yeah. My name is Brady. Um, I, I live in Maryland currently. Um, so all the way out east. Uh <clears throat> As far as occupation goes, I'm a uh, Chinese linguist or a language uh, analyst. So I work with the government on, um, I basically translate Chinese for them. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, yeah, so that's what I do for a living. And uh, I don't know what else you want to know about me, but <laughs> I don't know what else is interesting. No, that's, that's totally fine. So my first question is to you, what are, what are your fondest memories of growing up in a Commonwealth? Fondest, you said? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I, well, I know pretty much that's where like my friend group came from. Like all the friends that I had in like high school age, um, they kind of stemmed from that. And I'm still good friends with some people that were in the school and some people uh, I'm still in touch with a lot of them, which, and, and the, we were pretty I feel like we were a pretty tight knit group to, as well. Uh, when we were in the school, like we'd always do like parties on the weekends together and stuff so much. So that I think I feel like it was, I had like a better social life than some of like, like the people that, associates I had that went to public school they kind of were like yeah I was kind of a loner or like even my wife when I talked to my wife she's like yeah I didn't really have any friends I was like really I had tons of friends and I think it's just because it was kind of small tight-knit kind of group we didn't meet it wasn't like an everyday thing so like when you did meet it's like uh it, it almost felt kind of like uh maybe you just didn't get sick of them Maybe that's what it is. Or maybe it's like, I don't, uh, uh, you're able to set up times to like uh, spend time with each other outside of like learning environments because you'd have more time. Because uh, at least for, from what I know, like most of everybody else would, would like go once a week and then there'd be homeschool kind of for some subjects that they would take, they would, uh, at least in my experience, you have like some subjects that you just kind of do on your own or like a homeschool like curriculum. But like, yeah, so maybe that, that left us more time to be like, oh, we can actually like when we're together, we can actually like have fun together and not be in class together the whole, all day, you know, like it is in public school where you just, yeah, they're my friend. I have class with them, but I really can't have a relationship with them because I'm never, uh, I don't really know them that well because we're in class all the time, you know, and yeah. 
Yeah. And maybe you have, and the people that I do, that I have talked to that I had a good experience in public school, usually they, it's like through an extracurricular, like, oh yeah, we were on the football team together or like we we're in theater together. So that's, I guess, kind of what the, the Commonwealth was. It was like a giant extracurricular for, <laughs> yeah. So um, do you have a favorite memory of Shakespeare? Shakespeare, uh, man, a favorite memory. I don't know. I'd have to think about that a, lo a while because there's too so many of them that I don't know if I could choose like a favorite. Well, just like but, not a favorite, but a memorable memory of Shakespeare, something that you're really grateful for. Or... Yeah, I mean, I that's Shakespeare is like one of the the like that class was probably like the the most fun class because you could, I feel like it's just you you could goof around in the entire class almost. I mean, there was some academics, but a lot of it was just like like trying to learn how to express yourself and stuff but i don't know i i think i really enjoyed the uh the uh the activities that we would do it because it was basically a theater class with like a mask of shakespeare so it i but it, i guess my favorite activity was always like the improv activities that we would do yeah, then, you were always like the the life of the party. You loved loved all those kind of activities. Plainly, like, yeah. Being, looking back, do you feel like being in Shakespeare helped you at all as you've like grown on to adulthood and done other things with your life? Well, it was kind of my first introduction to like like theater and that kind of influence, like my interest that I had because I was really into like performing arts um after that like I really enjoyed that as like a lot of the extracurriculars I did <clears throat> and I ended up going to school well at least I started going to school studying dance and that kind of stemmed from you know my introduction to the performing arts and then I was I was in like a musical uh, around when I was 15 and that's like and I already had like four years of Shakespeare. And I think I did Shakespeare like all the way up to like 15, as long as I could do it, I think was the, cause I know they had the first year class that we did. And like I was, and then after that, like another year and another year. And then they transitioned to the, like the older class, I know at least in our school to like a traveling troupe, like a, because I think there was enough of us that we could be like, yeah, you guys can be like a traveling troop. So we kind of went to the elementary schools. I don't know if they do that now with the classes, but we, uh, the advanced students is basically what they were kind of were. We'd go to the the um, <clears throat> elementary schools and perform for them, and they were like abridged versions of the the plays, and we kind of had to like dumb them down. So like, not dumb them down, but like make it more simpler for the elementary schools to understand and that was really fun yeah so you said you went to college and dancing did you have any what made you switch from dancing to being a linguist chinese linguist that seems like a pretty far jump um well for me it was mainly just like uh i 
in order to it, it came down to like the values that I had I wanted to have like a, a family and to kind of settle down and being a dancer it's like it's very unstable like career like making that as a career is, it's going to be very like you can do it but you're not gonna it's it's kind of like acting in all types of acting like only a few very very few actually make a decent living and the rest are kind of like starving artists so i mean if i i, I ultimately decided i didn't want to be a star starving artist so and i also had other interests so i was like well this one is probably more you can probably monetize this interest more so that's kind of i kind of shifted towards that and then there was some life experience like i went on a lds mission and and i learned russian on uh in uh ukraine um which is where i served and then I kind of was like, oh, I like languages too. And maybe that stemmed from like studying Shakespeare and and kind of, or elite maybe that the, studying Shakespeare made it easier for me to to pick up languages because it essentially is a different language, Middle English. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Ma, talking to somebody. That's my son. <laughs> That's awesome. So how did you get to be a Chinese linguist then? What, what, how did you take that path to get there? Go down with mommy, please. Uh, <clears throat> well, the Chinese, yeah, I guess I didn't mention. Yeah, so I went to, I wanted to st st do something with language. And I was going, I uh, <clears throat> started studying language in school as I actually started studying Russian. So after my mission, I switched from a dance major to like, a Russian major and I started studying Russian but like I wasn't finding any like like I didn't I wasn't finding any applications because to me it like seemed like I was just studying it and I also like and then but I didn't see any future for it and I was like I want to be able to like use it I don't want to just have because a lot of what was happening is I was in the advanced class so I was with a lot of seniors um because I already knew Russian so, and the seniors I would talk to, they would be like, oh yeah, just uh, they weren't finding any jobs that had to do anything with using their language. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like a person that was like, I just get a degree to get a degree. I wanted to use the degree if I was going to, if I was going to get it. So <clears throat> I was doing it when I just researched um, and I found out that the military had a, had a basically a job where you're a, lingu you're a linguist and you use, they'll teach you a language. And then you just work for the military. <clears throat> and then, uh, so I just was like, all right, I dropped out of school and then joined the military as a linguist. And they send you off to Monterey, California to learn a language for like a year. Dep well, it depends on the language. And I was thinking like, oh, I already know Russian. They can just skip that and they'll just, I won't have to do that. And then, but that's not how the, the military works they kind of don't care what you know already. Uh, it's a lot of bureaucracy. So like I, when I got through, they're like, oh, you, uh, th they basically base it off of whatever classes they have when you graduate from the basic training and they didn't have Russian. So they're like, okay, they use, they, they do take into your preferences to account, but there's only like two classes that started when I got there. So they're like, oh, we'll just put you in Chinese because that was on my list. So you're learning Chinese. And I was like, well, I already know Russian. And they're like, well, that's not how it works. <laughs> so 
then I ended up learning Chinese, which actually ended up working for the better because Chinese is as a language. What? Yep. Go downstairs, mom. Okay. Um, it actually worked up better better because Chinese was actually a higher demand language, so I get paid more for knowing Chinese. And then I also know Russian, so I can use that as a uh, kind of a selling point too. So <clears throat> they, uh, yeah, I graduated from that, and then <clears throat> was a linguist with the Rush with the with the military, not with the Russians. So um, that would be weird, but yeah, I was uh, with the U.S. military, and then after I served a full contract with the US military, then they got out and there was a ton of government jobs. Because I was in the military, it was super easy to just get like a government related job that, and they need people that know other languages and that can translate. And so now that's what I do, I just translate. So you made it through the DLI and the dropout rate, rate for the DLI is really high, right? I mean, a lot of people don't make it because it's really hard. Do you yeah, think cause... you... Your scholar skills you learned from Quest helped you get through the DLI. Uh, from what? Oh, sorry, from TGYC. Oh, they have a different name for it. I didn't. Yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, possibly, yeah. Uh, I. I think probably more it had to had to do with uh, uh, to be honest, had to more to do with Shakespeare. Because it was a lot of rote memorization, and that's what you did in Shakespeare. You had to memorize your lines. Yeah, and then you also had like to memorize lines you lines didn't that, understand. Yeah, exactly. You had to memorize <laughs> lines that weren't in your language, basically. Because Middle English is not modern English, and and then you kind of had to under try to understand it, and you know use the resources that you had, dictionaries and stuff. So maybe we could title this podcast "How Shakespeare and Performing Shakespeare Made Help Me Land a Six Figure Income." <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> like a cat, like a some clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> some clickbait. That's crazy though. I hadn't really thought about like that's really just the reality of what Shakespeare is though. It really is a foreign language that you have to memorize. Yeah, and that's and the lines. You know, it's not like I feel like other lines. Like with other acting, if you're using modern English, a lot of times it's easier to improvise. You just kind of know basic lines and then you improvise it because you can use your modern English and it doesn't sound as bad. Like it does not as bad but as off. But if you try to do that, you have to basically know Middle English to do that. So, I mean, there was, we did it sometimes, but you know, uh, they kind of want it. it was better to just have your lines memorized and then i just got good at memorizing lines and i remember the last year i was in shakespeare the last time i was in the, one of the shakespeare plays it was actually i was filling in i was because there was a situation where one of the uh actors couldn't be there and so they and it was like one of their main actors it was their uh like main character it, it was um What's the word? What's the one? Uh, much ado about nothing. And so they needed somebody to fill in for this main character, and so um, I was already I, um, and I was already filling in for a role actually. For that, for that play because I they were like, oh, you did this 
you played this role. It was the role of Dogberry in uh no no actually no the role wasn't Dogberry. The role was I was like one of the henchmen. I can't remember what the Dogberry's henchmen. And I was kind of they needed somebody, so I was like, oh, I could do that as like a side hobby. It was only like because they only have a few lines, and I and I was I think I was like sixteen when they did this. I might have been sixteen or seventeen, and so they needed somebody. I was like, yeah, I could do that. And then and then for one of the nights, their main actor couldn't be there, and I and I think it was I don't know if it was Talia that was running the program at the time. I can't remember who. Uh. Talia, our sister, I don't know uh, if it was her. But anyway, long story short is I, I I volunteered. I was like, I'll do it. I'll I'll play the main character because I played a secondary character so I could appear in the scenes that that he wasn't. And the main character was uh, Benedict, I think. Like literally the main character of Much Ado About Nothing. And so I basically had to memorize all of his lines in like two days. And I, I was able to do it. I, I think I messed up a few times, but I did it. And I think that was from just the years and years of just memorizing lines. I just kind of got good at it. And maybe I had a natural gift as well. So that's probably had to do, to do a little bit with it, but I had a lot of practice. I don't know. I remember when you played um, Barone. And I remember it was not easy. There were lots of tears <laughs> when you had to play Verone because I remember oh, really? you trying to. Because what were you fourteen when you played Verone? Yeah, that was like the first like main Real... or um not major role. I guess major role, like main, like a character that had more than one. Like because you had like a hundred and ten lines. I remember. Yeah. And I remember was lots of crying and lots of like, I'm never going to get this. I'm never going to get this. So I, maybe you do have a natural that. propensity to memorizing, but it didn't always come as easy. <laughs> like, yeah. So. Well, one of the things that I'm really curious about is um, going into the military. Um, one of my sons, my youngest son has expressed an interest in going into the military. And what was that like as a homeschooler? You know, I know you went, you had gone to some uh, college classes, but did anything within like TJYC or, or Shakespeare or any of these classes help prepare you at all? Because I know my older boys who went to college, they were not prepared for locker rooms and things like that. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, having roommates that were not re related to them and, you know, things like that. So how, how did you deal with the military? The military, um, I don't know. The military was the hardest experience of my life. I don't, and also probably... The most valuable experience if that makes any sense so i have a love-hate relationship with it because i hated every minute of it but i also wouldn't be here without it so uh but i don't know if it, if it, yeah as far as like the commonwealth school preparing for that it um yeah i'm not sure if it had any direct connection um other than maybe like the academics, because I was already, it, 
that could have been like a you know the structure of for example the tg ed or tgyc class or what do you, what is the the name for it now do they have it's quest now quest but, okay yeah interesting yeah. yeah the structure of that class at least how it was then and i'm i don't know if, how much it changed it was kind of very like you had to you couldn't just uh in order to to succeed in it you couldn't it was it took a lot it took a lot of self what is the word i'm looking for like self uh discipline self-discipline and also uh thinking outside of the box like uh self not learning how how to think uh like you got like the questions that like the essay questions and I, I remember that was like the primary kind of driver of the class like you would read like a like part of the classic like uh abraham lincoln's address and then there was an essay question and stuff and and i those essay questions really helped for college like preparing me for college because i knew how to do essays and stuff and answer them in creative ways but the academic portion of the military uh it's kind of very like you're not gonna there's nobody sitting over you saying hey this is what this is and this is what this is if you want to do well in the academic side you basically have to learn how to self-study and that's kind of like what that's driven right is that class was kind of structured in a way that was like very self that's the word i was looking for self-study um and basically if you don't do it yourself then and nobody's going to tell you how to do it so you kind of have to figure it out. So that really helped with the academic side, especially like in as a as a in like basic training and all the basic military stuff. It's not hard, but because a lot of I feel like a lot of people struggle with it, especially um, if you're if they're right out of high school, because high school doesn't have that. High school is just it seems like I'm and I'm talking about public high school. It seems you they have just a curriculum for you you do that uh they tell you what to do that's, that's what you do and that's fine but you're not really treated like an adult where you can actually hey i want to do this and they're like okay we'll figure out how to do that and instead it's like all laid out for you kind of a thing so i think i kind of had that but i don't and i don't know how much i can you can attribute to that class or not but well i mean leadership education it's really the education, your education is your responsibility. So it sounds like that part of it might've helped because. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause like, for example, I, I, when I graduated from basic training, I was, I scored the highest on the end test and my whole flight, which is like, I think like 50 people No, Yeah. About 50 people. And that's just because I knew how to study <laughs> and other people really didn't so know how to do that. So I, cause they give you a book, but they don't have any classes that they're dedicated and like walk you through it. It's just, here's the book. That's everything you need to know. So I had the highest of that. And then at DLI, I also had the highest scores when I graduated in my class. So I don't know if that, yeah, that probably had a big thing to do with it because I was, I could, study on I knew how to study on my own I guess and take responsibility for that
I'm not trying to brag. <laughs> I'm just pointing out. No, I think that's awesome. So if if you could give any advice to like a parent who's kind of worried about TG Ed, what would you tell them? Like if they were like, I don't know if this is going to work or not, what would you say? I guess it depends on their goals, but I don't, what do they mean by work? Like if their fears are like, it's not going to give them a good education. Is that what they're saying? Like their kids. Yeah. Like that or... my kids won't turn out or, or be able to function in society or, you know, it depends on what your goal is. If your goal is you like, for example, one of the things that I did not have, and I, this probably maybe have changed, but in the Commonwealth, there wasn't really a, there wasn't really a good way to learn math. So, and math is one of those things that like, I don't even know if it's the public school system has a good way to teach math because the people that I know that are, that are good at math, they just kind of love, learn to love the math and then they kind of pursue it and then they figure out how to, they learn it themselves. But there wasn't any like math program. So like if they want their kids, if they want their kids like to excel at math, that's not going to be a class, but I don't think that, would, that, but if it's, they want them to prepare themselves for like just edu general education then i think it's really good it teaches the you know the especially you know like the like it's almost like an english class like a college level english class is how i would kind of describe it my experience at least like they uh that's how it's structured at least Eng english literature class or like a literature yeah or maybe like a american history uh class all kind of put together yeah but i think i don't you think quest is more also like a civics slash law class too because you have to do the yeah. supreme court case oh yeah 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 that when you oh, yeah the i forgot supreme about court that case. i almost forgot about <laughs> you, you guys did a hard supreme court case dude you want to talk yeah, about we that did, that supreme court case was a disaster actually because we actually were and the teachers also kind of messed up on this because they were didn't know that there was actually so the case that we chose was bush v gore there's actually two of them though bush v gore there's one that's more famous and there's one that's less famous and they didn't but nobody bothered telling us that that there's two different ones and to make sure that you prepare for the right one so we both had the op two different cases and because we were the the uh defendant the judges counted us as they threw out the case because uh the plaintiff it was no it was uh i can't remember exactly how it went i think no we were representing gore and the other side was representing bush but i just remember getting super frustrated because like i realized in the case in the middle of the case that we had two different cases and i had no idea how to be like look we have two different cases that everything should just be thrown out because like we're arguing too like th so they ended up using their case first i think and then it was like because that's the first case that they heard and then when we replied it was like and it's super confusing because both cases have some overlap but they're like two different like there were two different um like um there was like two different main issues and then one of them happened after the other one um 
but they were both related to the same like uh election um issue so yeah it was probably the one of the, the it was probably our fault for choosing that case i didn't i don't think i i, I don't remember me, me wanting to choose that case i think some people wanted to choose it because it happened during their lifetimes you know they're like oh that'd be cool it happened recently so when they were like 10 years old or yeah i think probably around 10 years old and you know uh but yeah we probably should have stuck with one of the more classics you know the like the brown versus the border education but don't you feel like the, that education in and of itself was very enlightening yeah yeah it definitely was like yeah it, it was like a crap like a kind of like a crash course on uh civics american history american literature i would say yeah yeah it was very it, it did kind of give you like an introduction to like uh the american system and the american culture yeah because at, at least from because a, a lot of the 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 books right or the book the reading i remember it being a lot of american literature i, I don't know if i'm wrong or that, about that or not or just like american history moments like martin luther king jr uh abraham lincoln those those moments so we're interrupting this broadcast to remind you to share and subscribe also be sure and check out our website at lemmymentortraining.com yeah my youngest son is in um quest tjyc uh right now and he's he just read martin luther king jr and um you know had to finish that paper and he's picking all of his um the leaders for the different traits of a statesman you know to um that he's going to study for the second semester and uh, okay. um, yeah it's gonna be gonna be interesting so lots of fun discussions yeah, I would even say that like the class is structured in a way that's almost like a college level class. Like I feel like a college level class, you like I would learn about the same amount of things. You could like I would probably like because I did take college level, like uh, um, especially so it'd be it fall under like a humanities class I think because I did take college level humanities class and it was essentially like just as hard in my opinion, but I, I, I was different ages, but maybe it wouldn't have been hard if I took, you know, that when I was in college or not, but I do remember it being just as hard. I think a lot of people actually have said that Quest in some ways is harder than some of the college classes that they've taken. So yeah. I know we've heard that before. It is a very, very hard class. So um, do you feel like having a Thomas Jefferson or leadership education has um helped you make and navigate life better navigate life or how do you think it's helped you navigate life um i'm definitely a lot i'm a lot more i don't know if this comes so see it's hard because i have a hard time separating like my family culture and that because it's kind of like like 
I don't know, like, is it stuff, it, was it something that I, I kind of was, I got from that class specifically, or is it just something with my personality in general, or is it something with, like, the culture of my family in general? But I do know that I'm more, I'm a lot less compliant, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, I'm not, I, I'm not just, I ask a lot of questions, which can be a good thing and can be a bad thing, depending on the situation, but... <laughs> I'm that laughing. Just... I know I had the same exact discussion with with uh, our brother or our, our baby brother today. He's like, I think I make people mad. <laughs> Why do you think you make people mad? Well, because when they have an idea and I want to talk about that idea, I talk about it really intensely and passionately. And I think they think I'm mad at them, but I'm not. And I was like, oh, I wonder how much of that is our family culture of just like literally we we want we discuss things and we discuss things passionately and we discuss things heatedly but we don't necessarily are like we're not because we got in this big debate over climate change uh, we were hiking <laughs> <laughs> and i was like and they were like oh like look at all this the, there were signs throughout this conservatory we were hiking in where it was like oh the trees have saved this many things and and i was like oh my gosh it's makes you so frustrated. It's like, what do you mean? It's saving the planet. So we just had this huge debate over <laughs> climate change. And I'm like, okay. And we had like, it was really intense. And then as we're driving home, he's like, are you mad at me? And I'm like, oh no, no, not at all. Yeah, I don't care that you disagree with me. I don't care at all. He's like, you're not offended by the fact that I like said what you said wasn't like stupid or anything. I'm like, no, I know. Why? Why would I be offended at that? <laughs> like, and he's like, well, oh. but people in the real, like my roommates and my friends at college, they don't like it when I do that. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it is something that's just part of our family culture that we like to debate ideas and it's and it doesn't affect us at all. Um, I, I do know. remember. I do remember. Uh, yeah, so I do remember doing that a lot, though, in the Commonwealth School having those kind of discussions. I There was that civil war class that happened a lot in that. And there was that, uh, what is that other class that uh, it's like before the TJYC class that was like, uh, it was more like America, like early American history. Oh, Key of Liberty. Oh, oh yeah, that one. Yeah. And that one too, because that one had a lot of like, uh, situ a lot of, not situations but uh simulations and debates yeah there was like questions that were asked you know and then people would be like you know they'd give their own opinion and maybe it was a kind of like oh we just got used to that you know like hey we're these kids and we're not we're allowed to have our opinion and we're allowed to express it and debate it and we're not shamed for that you know you know what that's really interesting because i having i mean zach did go through the most of the classes he didn't graduate from quest but like he went to all the classes so maybe it, you're right maybe it's that culture when you're like 12 it's like you're a person that has an opinion that's of value and you can express it and and you can learn to express it more articulately and you know but and it, and it's interesting though because like i i remember <laughs> when we when i taught you this sort of freedom class you and dan haddock would just like fight all the time over ideas and things like that was it dan or was it was it uh what's his name oh it was lucas uh, lucas reynolds oh, yeah. was it, it, lucas yeah <laughs> yeah it was you and lucas but you were like best friends but you would just like argue all the time yeah, yeah. it was like constant it was constant like a lot of debate and... yeah 
and then but you were like best friends and i think that's a really beautiful thing i think that happens naturally from from these classes is it encourages that healthy to engage in a debate of ideas that has nothing to do with how your own individual feels or your relationship yeah. and a lot of the opinions we had were probably just like you know simple you know like opinion like the there's, i mean you don't have a lot of life experience as a kid you know the, the opinions you're gonna have are just gonna be based on like your your gut feelings so you know they're pretty simple but you know i guess in that environment you kind of learn hey i can express these opinions and not be shamed and then i, I it gives you confidence you know so maybe you go out into the real world and you're more disagreeable which is actually a good thing in in uh in this modern day and in the real world where you can actually stand up and say hey no, I don't think this is right, or I don't think this is how we should do it, and and in some situations, uh, that can be a really good thing. I think, you know, that's that's another reason why the military was kind of really difficult for me because I was an enlisted person, and the military has this weird structure where leadership isn't given to the most intelligent people; it's given to the mo the the people that uh that have the most connections so it's kind of a bureaucracy in a way and maybe it's not similar to some government other government jobs you know like but to me it was always like i was always kind of like no things should work like kind of like a meritocracy and i had like kind of an idea of like the best ideas should win you know and that's not necessarily how it is in the real world but i'm I don't think it's a necessarily a bad thing to have it as like a value of yours, you know. The best that may the best ideas win. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Heidi, do you have any other questions you want to ask? Yeah, I'm I'm good. This has been very enlightening. It's been so fun to talk to you and hear about your experiences. Thank you so much, Brady. Yep. No, anytime. Yeah, it's been really fun to hear your perspective on what the classes can do for you and help you because I, I really had never thought about that. You know, obviously, as a trainer, we encourage people to do the opinion papers, but looking back on it, I didn't realize how empowering that is to let the kids know that they have an opinion of value. But then also, we are maybe creating problems. <laughs> and I do. And I also do remember like those opinions being challenged, too. So that's also a good thing, I think, because, hey, like maybe you have a dumb opinion and maybe somebody maybe you can like that environment where you feel safe about expressing it. That can also be an environment where you feel safe about, you know, getting like and vulnerable, being OK with having your ideas being torn apart so that you can actually have better ideas, you know. So, oh, yeah, I definitely feel like the oral exams were so helpful. You had to do oral exams, right? I think I, I don't remember, but I think probably, yeah. I remember they were super helpful for me because when you're getting grilled on what you're saying in the moment, yeah. <laughs> then it's a, such a essential life skill to start learning to think before you say things <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and it really, as, as I look back on the, the, the positions I've been in in life and leadership and different things in community service, I've been like, wow, I really can think well on my feet. And no wonder where I learned that. Oh, probably because 
of those intense, intimidating experiences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I appreciate your perspective on the classes and um, just coming and sharing on with us. Just um, we're just hoping to help parents see that there's lots of options for for kids when you choose this. And another thing I thought was really interesting, you said like I don't know if it was the culture of my family or my personality or what it is. And I think the beautiful thing about leadership education is that it it really takes into all those things into account. Right? You're going to take in the individual child's needs and personalities and strengths it's also creating a family culture and making the family part of the education at the same time that you're you know in you're using a community so it's like you mentioned all three elements that i think a leadership education really liberates the parents to do which is focus on the individual's strengths build a strong structure in a family that helps that individual grow and then create a community that really helps that community that that individual yeah. thrive yeah that's that's another key thing that i don't know if we touched on that much is the community i feel like that was something that i feel like i wouldn't have had without that it would have been i would have been a lot like i wouldn't have had the same like friendships i don't think and what Literally about from like, age 12 like and i yeah from age 12 is like when like well i'm still good friends probably the person that i'm still good friends with is dan but he didn't finish he didn't do tgyc i don't think he made it that far but he did the uh i think the first one the key of liberty and and then well, i was friends with him and then i just knew him from there and then we were just friends and i'm still really good friends with him and I literally met him. Well, actually, I met him before that because they did the. Uh, I remember they had the co-op when we were younger. I met him when I was like eight. So, and I'm still really good friends with him. And that was all from that community that probably mom was credit should be credited for getting us involved in. So, how much of an influence do you feel like the mentors or the parents in that community have influenced you? Like, do you have any memories of? mentors influence how much did um mr meshke's career influence your choice to go to the linguists um oh yeah that yeah that's interesting how you brought that up yeah because he was in the military as a linguist um and I, his daughter was in tgyc with us i think um so yeah she was uh i i don't think it i i don't think it influenced it i think it had maybe some influence with that choice but it definitely was something that like was like oh that person did that so that's a, a option out there because i remember talking to mom and dad like oh he did this i was like oh okay you can actually do that i didn't know you could do that with so that kind of was like a reminder but yeah during the class i don't think there was like a uh, i think he did like a class he taught like a like an once like a few weeks he did like a a language class for korean because that's what he did he did korean but i don't remember like he was doing like kind of like an introductory language class but i don't think i went to that <laughs> but looking back i was like oh i probably could would have liked that <clears throat> well i appreciate you taking your time with us today and just kind of going to you know back on memory lane and remembering things because it's been a long time 
like yeah <laughs> yeah back when i was doing the tgyc like we didn't have the internet like we did have the internet but it wasn't like now where you could literally find any anything on the internet like you had when we did the law the law brief we had to go to the law library in uh at the university of utah we did like a field trip out there and we spent like an entire day just going through the law library and like as like a couple teenagers looking at like law briefs and trying to like understand it which is like now looking back and i was like man we how did like any of our parents like think like that we i mean we did end up writing our own brief so i don't know how we did that but like i don't know yeah maybe <laughs> looking back i was like what wow can't believe mom did that with us like there's so many times yeah, like, how is she like oh yeah you can just go to the law library as teenagers and like we're like and all these law students are like, like what are these people doing here <laughs> <laughs> like, and then yeah, writing how do you have the skill sets to even like find what you're looking we for had no law. idea what we were doing but i guess we had it we figured it out even though it wasn't the we lost the case because None of our arguments matched up with theirs, but they went with <laughs> theirs. It was like, I was still, I'm sore still about it. yeah, I'm still <laughs> sore about it. Cause I, we did, we put a lot of work into it and it was just kind of like really anticlimactic and nobody else believed me too. Cause they, they didn't understand it. Like even the adults didn't understand it. <laughs> and I immediately realized that there's two separate cases that we're talking about. And now with, now with Alexa, they could have been like, Hey Alexa. <laughs> yeah. So I got super frustrated and like, and it wasn't a big deal looking back. It's like, who cares? You won a fake law case or lost. But uh, I think it's, it's really amazing. The social pressure that was created so that a group of 14 year old kids asked their mom to drive them to the law, law library in a separate city to spend a day there. Like the fact that you had friends with you there in a law library at 14 is just so cool. Like, I think lots of parents would just be so amazed and excited for that, especially because you're not a lawyer. You're, you never became a lawyer. You have no desire yeah. to be a lawyer. You know, it's like, and it's not necessarily like the yeah, whole purpose. Yeah, definitely did of... not inspire me to be a lawyer. That <laughs> I was like, no yeah. way, I'm not going to be the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> but like just all the skills you learned in just that one exercise of like, you know, going forth and seeking like knowledge and going out of yourself and trying to do something that was way above anybody's imagination of what a 14 year old kid could do. <laughs> like, yeah. It's pretty amazing. And especially cause those like, and the case wasn't as clear cut either. Like these are like complex, like legal questions that are still like debated and like, yeah, no, the fact you picked like... that one, like that is so tech, it's a tech, it's so technical. It's a very technical case. Like it's, it's so not like, what these other yeah, it's cases. not like the 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 one about uh brown versus the board of education which when i did that one it was like oh look the 14th amendment that one had to do with like segregation or something i can't remember uh yeah like those ones that are like like very clear-cut like uh this is the issue you know so. yeah, yeah or sure. like those they're they're referring to like you can actually see in the constitution like it written out like and you can pull the uh the arguments from the constitution whereas this was just like you don't have to like we were looking in like all these u.s codes for stuff you know 
not just the constitution so like because yeah and we had a bunch of references and stuff and and yeah well you had a great mentor who just decided to let you guys pick what you wanted to do and fail <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is like in hindsight you think man that sucked but y'all think hey i grew a lot so thanks for letting me do that <laughs> yeah yeah and i know after i did i finished tguic too i feel like there wasn't it was kind of like the culmination of like the of what the commonwealth had to offer because after that i kind of was like there wasn't I, I decided like, Hey, why am I d sticking around? I, d I went to go to Idaho because I felt like, and then I ended up going to college like a year early, I think, because I was like, why am I sticking around? I don't need a, f like I could have taken probably the GED and gotten a high enough score to get into college at that age. I feel like, cause I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, that's just my personal situation, I think. But I think though, I think a lot of people would agree with that. If you take the quest, you could take the GED and pass. <laughs> yeah, especially when it came to like the civics portions of it, like all the civics questions on. I did take the GED eventually when I was eighteen or seventeen to get into BYU Idaho is where I went to school, and I was like, "This is super easy." Like all these questions, like yeah all the civics questions were really easy and then all of the english questions became really easy too and the only thing that probably wasn't super easy was the math but the math on the ged wasn't even that advanced anyway so as long as you had like a basic understanding so i think i got like and that's all you need you don't need a high school uh diploma to get into college you just need it to get certain jobs actually so um yeah that's why i was able to go to college early and obviously i took the entrance exams for college too you have to do that but and those are harder but but uh yeah i feel like it really did prepare and then also there's like an essay portion and i wrote so many essays i feel like i wrote more, more essays than most public school students did and that <laughs> i think you, know. you did <laughs> if you finished quest like i don't know how many it is but it feels like a lot so yeah well, it's been an hour and we've got to wrap things up. So if you had any advice to a kid taking Quest, what would you say to them? Taking Quest? TGYC, yeah. Specifically, I would say... Or in the Commonwealth. Uh, if I had any advice. um, I would just say just try to enjoy it. Like, try to try to uh um have fun with it i guess because i feel like that's like instead of taking it as like a school assignment take it as like oh this is like it like the questions and the assignments take it as like oh like i'm gonna be creative with this that's what i did at least and i and i feel like it did really make a difference i wasn't as stressed as some of the other students because they were like oh like, I don't know what to, but I kind of took it as like, all right, not as seriously as like, like, like you had to do this, but more of like, hey, this is the essay questions are more of like a, a, a challenge more than a, uh, like, it's inevitable not, that you get the question right, you know. 
like take it as like an opportunity to like kind of explore what you actually think about something which can be fun to like explore an idea and be like hey what do i actually think about this you know and the writing ca can be like cathartic in some ways too especially as a teenager Yeah, that's a really good point. Hadn't thought about that. It's therapeutic to to actually question these things as like public virtue and because yeah, when you're writing, it's like you're almost like thinking, and uh, writing allows you to uh, think more clearly because you have it all down, and then you can go back and switch it and and uh, change your thought patterns, then form like a coherent structure, and then you actually oh this this is what I this is what I think kind of a thing. So that's great advice. Enjoy it. It's the glory days. <laughs> yeah. And then have, and then hang out with people in your class on the weekends. Just do like little like game nights or something or like, that's what I did. That's what we did. Yeah. We had a party every weekend, probably yeah. during the school year for sure. It was like every, yeah, every weekend we'd do something. They're always good too, just mostly game nights. Yeah, we just do like party game games, nights. or we or we go to the park and play like frisbee and like, like, uh, like sports and stuff. And we made that one sport up. Oh yeah, that was a really fun <laughs> sport we made up. It's like football combined with soccer. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And okay. it turns out that they actually, when I was in the military, they played that game. They called it something different, but it is essentially the same game. So it's not, I don't think, it's kind of like an informal game that I guess is more a lot more popular. They played that, like, when I was in the military, I literally played that game every, like, when I was in Hawaii stationed there. Like, my flight would play that game every single PT because it was a lot of cardio. And, <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. Only they didn't have, uh, I guess the difference was we did, like, touchdowns in that game where like you get because essentially it's like soccer and football where you can run around and then it's like two touch football and stuff <laughs> and then you throw it in the end zone but this one how we did with a goal so you oh. have to get it in the goal yeah but we had a lot of fun doing creative things and looking back i feel like that's one of the biggest blessings of a commonwealth is you know learning to play um you can't yeah. underestimate the power of play and playing with people wholesomely, like a wholesome play, just genuine, real relationships. <clears throat> Those people still like contact them from Commonwealth and we could have a party and we would all be in the same room and get along great, even though we're very versed, totally different lives, way all over the world. You know, I would say you get yeah. them all in the room and we'll still all be like best friends, you know, love each other and serve each other and be there for each other. and you know, 20 years later, like, yeah, that's so unique, really unique and a huge blessing that comes from being real, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you for your time and good luck in your Chinese translation. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah it can be so really much. difficult. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. Just as in every Lemmy training, we hope you walk away uplifted and inspired, but also empowered to be a better mentor for your family and your community. Please be sure to subscribe and share. 
We also want to express our gratitude to all the Lemmy mentors, past and present. You got this. You can do hard things.